That's right. We're a Riverdale recap podcast here once again to launch season seven, talking about chapter 118, Don't Worry, Darling, written by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and Danielle Iman, directed by Ronald Paul Richard, not Gabriel Coria. We're breaking up the band. What? (laughs) This is is a, a premiere that isn't Big Gabe. What's happening? Guess they wanted to start the final season different. <laughs> very, very different. Of course, because we didn't uh, uh, have the title, we couldn't talk about the title back, uh, what is this, eight months ago when Chapter 117 aired? It has been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. So, I mean, it's been so long that the movie named Don't Worry Darling came out. This is new. <laughs> There's never been a Riverdale episode named for a film more recent than the previous Riverdale episode. It's it's a little strange. A little strange. Then. This is, of course, the the Olivia Wilde film about uh, people in an idyllic 50s-style world that isn't what it seems. Oh! It's, oh, it's almost like they're trying to tell us something with that title. It's actually a misogynist VR prison for women who are uppity. I have a feeling that's not this, but... um. (laughs) We are told by a very trustworthy character that that's not what's happening in, like, the final scene. Uh, So this episode opens with uh, good old-fashioned jukebox playing. Yeah, we we hit the the number and the letter and rock around the clock plays, and then we get a Happy Days credits uh, uh, tribute. Yes, and I love it. It, it is it is wonderful. We see everyone's little little moving headshot in in the little center frame circle. Yes, yes. yes. Also, not dissimilar from how uh, uh, characters would be shown in like the the right hand side of a comic book. To, yeah. So that you know, at the newsstand where they're like bop 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 on top of one another. That's why you got that postage stamp there. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be the one on top to know. Oh yeah, that's the one with Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so Jughead's voiceover tells us that it is 1955. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there is dancing and pops. And, yes. And he and tells us about the price of stuff. You um, know, how a comic book costs a dime and a burger is 15 cents. So the comic book that he's got is, uh, the, the title is Horrific and Scientific. As far as I know, not a real comic. There is a comic that was just called Horrific, but uh, Horrific and Scientific is new. It is published by the fictional Pep Comics. Of course. Uh, he's got a novel next to him called Mystery on the Line, written by Darla Chibi. This is also a fake book. However, Darla Chibi is a real name. That is the name of the cast driver for Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and so it has been two days since the events of Bailey's Comet. Been zapped back mm-hmm. and, uh, w- well, 
what he explains is he's not sure it's back. He's not sure if they've just gone back in history or if it's like a parallel universe back in history. He's trying to figure things out and there's no one around to help him because he's the only one who realizes anything weird is going on. You know, it, it could be others do too and they just don't talk about it. <laughs> They're just better at hiding it than he thinks. Yes. We don't know that he's gone up to anyone and is like, hey, are you from the future? In fact, he's wondering how to bring that up to anyone while he narrates what he is writing on his typewriter. He's like 60 pound vintage typewriter he took to a poops, a poops bop, <laughs> a pops booth. Excuse me. It's been a while. Um, and so he, he lets us know about what's been up with everyone, that mm-hmm, he mm-hmm. is living in an abandoned trailer with hot dog. An abandoned rail car. Oh, rail car. It was, like, <laughs> it was a trailer of a rail car, whatever. Yeah, we, I mean, we didn't have, like, that same sort of uh, uh, mobile home. No. So he's converted something mobile into a home. home. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he got a little doggy. He's got, hot dog is back. Season three, season seven, best season, hot dog's back. Got some hot dog. Betty and Kevin are together. Dating-wise. Yeah. Cheryl uh, has a twin that's alive again, but it's not Jason, it's Julian. Julian, who uh, is a rather new actor, the only thing in his dozen or so IMDb credits I recognized was 20 episodes of The Backyardigans. Not that I've ever watched it, it's just the only name I recognized. <laughs> um, they haven't seen Veronica yet. Archie exists. Mm-hmm. Um, Pumping weights. Yes. And no one gives a fuck about Reggie. <laughs> Reggie is not seen. Reggie is not mentioned. We also don't see Fangs. Nothing about Sweepy. I mean, we haven't seen Sweepy in a while, but like, <laughs> no one's concerned about like anyone else. These other people had superpowers. <laughs> Fangs has a son out there somewhere. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> Uh, and yes, no one seems to remember their lives, or at least he doesn't know if they do. But the people we haven't mentioned that are, uh, present and accounted for, well, not exactly present, several members of the Riverdale High student body, the Black Ones, uh, are just arriving on a bus from Mississippi, where they were witnesses sitting in, in the courthouse during, during the Emmett Till murder trial. Yes. Not like witnesses in the trial in a legal capacity. They were just sitting, they, witnessing history. They they were there to observe the trial. Yes. Yes. And they've all gotten back from their bus. That bus stop is Pops. It's it's the Mississippi Express bus, yes. To Pops. Because, you know. it was It's in the Green Book. It's where you yes, go. Yes, this is true. So it's Tabitha. It's Tony. It's... It's Clayton. It's Chuck Clayton. No. It's not? They call him Mr. Walker later. Why is Chuck Clayton's name Mr. Walker? I thought they just recast him. I don't know what his first name is, but his last name they call... Later on, when they're in a school scene, they call... They refer to him as, uh, like, Miss Tate, Miss Topaz, Mr. Walker. I never caught what his first name is, but his last name's Walker. He's not Chuck Clayton. Why isn't he Chuck Clayton? I don't know! There are several resurrected dead people who are make appearances in this. So you automatically think it's so, someone we've met before. So you think, but... yeah, we're going back to, to like season one roots, which includes Chuck Clayton. But no, it, his name's Walker. Something <laughs> Walker. All right, the new kid. So um, they, they all come into Pops 
and uh, Jughead stops Tabitha. Because he loves her. Uh, and, and he's all like, you know, I, 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 I heard about what the outcome of the trial was. Like, I'm very sorry. Like, if you need anything, let me know. And she, she's very like, oh, that's very sweet. Um, what's it, your name again? Yeah, she's never met this boy in her life. And she's like, we're going to figure out how what, what to do about racism in America in this diner. It seems as good a place as anywhere. Like j- j- Jughead, right? Something like that. I'll I'll get back to you, big guy. You you got it, champ. Sport. In uh the in the past here, uh Tony uh is a member of the Southside Serpents. Mm-hmm. She got her jacket on. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So so back at uh the uh Andrew's household, Archie Mary's home. Yes, uh Archie's heading out to like school, and Mary's like, oh wait, hold on, hold on. Because if you will recall, this isn't just any day in 1955. Well, two days after that day. Yeah, this we are still in the wake of the 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 tragic death of Mr. James Dean, uh, which means that Mary is very worried about jalopy safety, <laughs> and so she is confiscating Archie's keys, um, and she's like, "You're not driving that hot rod," and he's like, "Mom." It's barely even a jalopy. Well, whatever it is, until they invent the airbag, you're not going out in it again, young man. She's like, Archie, it's got fire painted on its sides. <laughs> or no, excuse me. It's got fire painted on the doors. It doesn't even have a roof, good man. The fire, the, the fu- flames. <laughs> it's obviously a danger. So, so yeah, Archie is grounded from, from driving, so he goes in the garage, and what has he got left? A bicycle. And I am like, ah, ha, 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 I see what you're doing here. We're taking Archie back to his mid-century roots, and what is the very first panel featuring the character of Archie Andrews? He's riding a bicycle. There you go. Very unsafely. He's, like, standing with one foot on the seat, one on the handlebars. They don't make KJ Appa do that. Yeah. I was so excited for them to do that. Uh, so as, uh, you know, Archie's heading to school, um, Betty and Tony are, you know, very holding true to the heart of, uh, Riverdale episodes and having a meeting before school. Yes. Like you do. We're Um, all there at like 6am. We got shit to do before the day starts. A meeting about the blue and gold, of course. They're, they're talking about the school paper in the school paper office and uh, Tony has written an article about her experience in Mississippi, uh, seeing history play out with, with her own eyes. And Betty's like, this whips. I love it. This fucking rules. Uh, problem, though, uh, the principal, Principal Featherhead, hates the very idea of a free press. Yes. They do decide, though, however, that they are going to make an appointment with him and they're going to try to get him to see reason. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you know that ain't going to go well. They've even tried covering the Emmett Till uh, uh, affair news cycle previously, and the principal just, like, nixed that in every single time. Yeah. The day goes on and they are Mm -hmm. in class, and uh, Principal Featherhead uh, actually interrupts to introduce a new student who's come from sunny Los Angeles... And before we talk about that, we got to talk about the principal a little oh, okay. bit. You may recognize his face and his name from being killed by poison in 1985 in the Midnight Club episode. Yes. 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 
So, uh, Weatherby is not back in this timeline, universe, question mark, question mark. Well, he couldn't be, because as right. it's pointed out in a little while, there's no black people that work for the school. Exactly. <laughs> we, we have to, we, we can't have our black principal uh, in our story about white moderates squashing progress. Yes. Yes. This uh, new student from sunny L.A. is no one other than Veronica Lodge, who is introduced with sultry music yeah, and a pan up on her leg. This is the 50s. We get the femme fatale entrance, right? She, she comes in foot first. She comes in foot first with wow, 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 wow. Horns. Not quite that. Not that- quite that. That was just the opening to Let's Get It On. It's not quite It's not quite that. Sorry. I mean, it would be appropriate, though. Sorry to get your hopes up. A little anachronistic. And Jughead thinks to himself, damn, even in 1955, Veronica Lodge knew how to make an entrance. <laughs> she brought her own brass section. Um, and Veronica decides that the best way to start this off is to come in as, yes, I am the daughter of, uh, you know... The Lodges, the stars of Omiha. The the idea here is that the Lodge family is the Lucille Ball family. Her, yes. her parents are Desilu Studios. Yes. <laughs> and they have their show, and she has come to Riverdale to spend some time with her aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, also to like get away before she stars in uh, MGM's production of Our Town. She does not say she has that role. She hints so heavily that it's it's like 50 pound weight of hint. It's very yes. heavy hinting. Uh, but I, I just love this move of like recasting what the lodges are because it gives like this is this is the studio system. This is like the golden age of Hollywood. Yeah. It's, it's beginning to wane. There, there are cracks in uh, the studio contract system, but it's still there. And how do you get that glamour and also be a Hispanic family? Desi Arnaz was pretty dang Hispanic. Like, it, it's a real historical thing, you yeah, know? Yes. I love it. I love. It's very smart. Um, and so she ends her introduction uh, with, treat me as one of your own and not some Tinseltown royalty. Thanks. <laughs> and Cheryl is so pissed. She is so not having this. Yeah, there, there's a wide shot of like uh, half the classroom, the half that includes all of our main characters, of course. And yeah, Cheryl hates this. And she sits down in front of Betty who cannot see around her massive hat. No. It's so big. <laughs> And then we get the title card. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's been redesigned. It's just cute, like, throwback cursive, right? Instead of the big block letters we're used to. Or And no screams like we had during, like, Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> so back from our first commercial break, everyone is in the student lounge. Yay! Yay! <laughs> and, uh... We get all three... We, we get all five uh, uh, sets... The classroom, uh-huh. principal's office, uh-huh. blue and gold music room uh-huh. comes by later, and now the student lodge. Yes. It's a full house, I baby. We brought them all back. So uh, Veronica joins the gang, and she's like, oh, I got, I think I got all your names in Miss Thornton's class, and she goes around and says them all, and then Except she gets to Cheryl, Cheryl, and she's like, oh, wait, what was your name? <laughs> Fuming. <laughs> flames. Not literal. That would be last year, but flames. And so uh, they're like, oh, what are we talking about? And she, 
Cheryl's like, well, as president of the James Dean fan club, we were <laughs> discussing... Just like season one, she has to be in very public, clout-chasing mourning for somebody. But she is interrupted by uh, others being like, oh, we're such a fan of the show. Mm -hmm, Did mm -hmm. you live near James Dean? Uh, And she was like, oh. And so she starts to gossip first about uh, skinny dipping with Jimmy and then about how he's bi. Uh Uh-huh. Which Kevin is very intrigued by Kevin's intrigued. Cheryl thinks that the very notion is slanderous. And uh, Archie is just confused because he doesn't see being attracted to men at all compatible with being a cowboy. (laughs) Archie, you got some things to learn about cowboys. (laughs) Uh, And so Cheryl, yes, is completely offended by this. And she's like, I'm not going to listen to someone who who probably goes to sex parties and orgies. (laughs) Like storms out. And everyone else is like... Sex parties and orgies, you say? <laughs> Kevin has a follow-up question. Is Sal Mineo also attracted to men? Hmm? Hmm? Please? Maybe? Just curious. I'm no very reason. interested in this topic that we have brought up. The answer was yes. Sal Mineo was indeed bisexual. Uh, he'd, <laughs> his, his marriage fell through when his lovely fiancé caught him in bed with another man. But the two of them did remain fast friends throughout, the both, throughout both of their lives. God, they could work through that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or later on, uh, Jughead is in science class. Mm-hmm. Um, and as is, they are... Is this supposed to be Professor Flute's newt? I don't know. I don't know who it's supposed to be. I hope... It's the last season. You gotta give me Professor Flute's newt. I've been begging for years! Maybe we're finally getting it. Oh. <sighs> I was a young man when I wanted the show to, to, to deliver Professor Flute's newt. And here I am, on my knees. Seven years later. <laughs> I'm, I'm the man with the, the cards in Love Actually. Give me Professor <laughs> Flute's newt. I'm just a simple man with simple needs. Uh, so as they're packing up, possible professional Professor Flute's newt, uh, to be determined, uh, mentions Bailey's Comet. And Jughead's like, what, 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 what? what? Bailey's Comet's what? coming? Huh? And no, it's not coming, at least in the short term. It's, it's it's scheduled to arrive in two years' time, but that's very important because it's the last time anyone in this room will be alive to see it. So uh, Archie uh, offers to walk Veronica home, and she's like, walk? What makes you think I walk? <laughs> so instead, she hops in Julian's hot ride, uh, which leaves Cheryl to walk out to Thornhill. And she's like, what the fuck? Which is way farther away uh, uh, than, than where Veronica's going. This sucks. This sucks for Cheryl. She should be upset. Uh, her own brother. <laughs> her brother ditched her the fuck out. Uh, I would like to point out that uh, Julian mm-hmm. is in the same grade as Cheryl in this universe. Well, yes, because they were to be triplets. Why Why wouldn't two twins who don't know their triplets not be in the same grade? Because they weren't in the same grade before is what we figured out. I guess Cheryl actually hit the books, and, and or maybe they both got held back together. Yeah, because remember, we were like, Jason is in a different grade, and he's dating Betty's sister. You... That's true. That's true. Yeah, the whole thing. The whole, whole thing. thing. They're in, like, different grades and shit. That, that is one thing from season one that, that didn't get carried over into this new high school reset. Yeah. The, the 
The idea that the Blossoms were older that then got retconned and undone and makes some things in season one not make sense. Yeah, yeah. Tony and Betty are mm-hmm. visiting Featherhead. The principal, in the principal's office. And he's like, this is not suitable for publication. And there is an unnamed, even more severe white man in glasses just looming behind them the whole time. He might have had a name, actually, and I missed it. Who is this man? He is a child psychologist, apparently. I guess he's Tony in the past. So so this doctor, this, this looming figure behind them is a child psychologist named Dr. Werther's. And I have to assume that this is a reference to Frederick Wortham, who wrote Seduction of the Innocent, the book that led to, like, congressional hearings about the content of comic books that led to the creation of the Comics Code Authority. Ah, uh, it's that asshole. Yeah, and the Comics Code was instituted in 1954, which means that sci-fi horror book uh, uh, Jughead was reading is either a little out of date or they're about to be... Or, or, like, that publication is on its last gasp before it's totally driven out of business by the restrictions of the code. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this guy seems, like, real fun, because he's, like, (laughs) you know, flopping around about how he's a child psychologist and how this is too disturbing for the child's mind. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he says that about, like, everything. (laughs) It's too disturbing to read about what happened to someone younger than them. Uh, that some of the the people in their own classes know all about because they were there in the courthouse watching. Yeah. 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 Too disturbing. Too disturbing. We can't, we shouldn't know about anything that's going on and, at all. And, and when Tony tries to connect this to wider instances of racism, like we mentioned, that yeah. there are no black staff, no, no teachers or administration in this school, or uh, that they don't teach black writers uh, uh, in English class, etc., etc. Uh, Principal Featherhead is free to just sit on his laurels and say, well, we integrated. What else do you we, want? We were the first integrated high school. Like, isn't that enough? Like, no, you fucker. <laughs> you, you're demonstrating right now. It's not enough. So that evening, uh, Betty is at dinner with her parents, Alice and Hal. They are mm-hmm, both back. Mm-hmm. Neither one has killed anyone that we know of. That we know of. Yeah. Um, so she's asking them if they, they read uh, Tony's article. And they say the exact same thing as the principal. It was very well written. <laughs> <laughs> And so she's like, well, does that mean you're going to, like, read it on air tonight? That Miss Topaz is so articulate. She She's a real credit to uh, the Southsiders. Ooh. <laughs> and no, no, they're not going to use one of their precious 15 minutes on air reading student journalism. But anyway, anyway, it wouldn't get past the sponsors anyway. You know, yep. our sponsors... <laughs> Blossom maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> of course. So Betty storms oh. out, crusading for justice, wearing pants. She's a woman of the future. There's actually a lot of pants There's a in this lot show. of women in pants in I this show. I think there's a little bit more women in pants in this show than would have been in 1955. Mary wears pants. People wore pants in 1955, but there were certain places that they didn't wear pants that I feel like we're seeing pants worn. I am just surprised that Mary Andrews, professional dressmaker, not wearing a dress. She is testing out making pants. (laughs) 
Uh, so next door, Archie's fixing his car, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, talking to Jughead, talking about how, you know, it might sound crazy, but when I first saw her, I felt like I was hit by a thunderbolt. Uh, what else does he say? Shazam. He says Shazam. This is the only thing people actually want to watch right now, where someone shouts Shazam. Only recently you reminded me that I saw Shazam, the first one, <laughs> and I had no recollection of it. I thought we were talking about Kazam. I was very confused. <laughs> it's like the opposite of of the, the Mandela effect thing. <laughs> I told you a true thing. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, no. Did not remember it at all. Um, but but while Archie is pouring his heart out and Jughead's listening, he's not really paying attention until Archie's like, hey, wait a minute, where's my dad's hammer? And Jughead's like, I know exactly where your dad's hammer is. We put it in a Coleman cooler and buried it behind the bleachers. And I wonder if it's still there in this, like, alternative universe or the past that we are in. So, like, do you got a shovel? I need a shovel. So he goes. He goes to dig up the graduation day uh, uh, time capsule. And whether it's there or not, I mean, if it's there, that gives a hint into the nature of the predicament he is in. But also, it's evidence. Evidence that there are worlds beyond these. Uh, But he is being watched by a shadow in the distance. Because he finds it. He, he digs right. it up and he, he finds does, it, he and there's a shadow watching him from, yes. from the shade of a tree. Uh, so the next morning, uh, Veronica's making her way into school, and Archie is out front with his car. Mm-hmm. With flames painted on the doors. Uh, and she's like, the all-American boy has a hot rod. Ooh. Ooh. And so they agree that like he's going to give her a ride later. But, but then they are interrupted by Jughead running into school, holding the cooler, yelling... Veronica, Archie, we're having an emergency meeting in the music room. And they listen? They follow? Even though, like, Veronica's like, who was that again? (laughs) I don't don't remember. She's really into that car right now. Because, like, Archie, yeah, Archie's going to go. That's his best bro. But, like, I guess Veronica is so enamored with this car. She doesn't want to be more. She's it's made her curious about what this guy's friends are like. They have to go in anyways. Um, so they're all in the music room, mm-hmm. and everyone's looking at the stuff that was put in. Right, right. Okay. Uh, we've got the pretty poisons jacket, and Tony's like, yeah, that's nice. I've never heard of this gang, but it's a rad jacket. Uh, Kevin's looking at the uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch program and is very confused by what an inch is. An inch of what, he asks. <laughs> oh, Kevin. He's not confused by the idea of inches. He just doesn't know what's being measured. Like, he's not stuck on the metric system. I know. It would be very would be funny, funny if he was stuck on the metric system. He's like, what, what's an inch? Um, so Someone's like, oh, gosh, it's 90 degrees outside. And Kevin's like, we're all going to die. Why aren't we dead? Uh, so uh, Jughead explains that this is stuff that they buried 67 years ago. In the future. In the future. You know, they were all set back in time, or maybe it's a parallel universe. He doesn't know, but he's hoping that them seeing this stuff will bring back their memories. He needs everyone to know that they come from 2022, 2023, and they should go back. He has no reason why they should go back, except that he says so. Um, and so, uh, Archie's like, well, 
if we put this stuff in the time capsule, like, what'd you put in? Uh, and he mentions, well, it was a yarn beanie, but it, it, it's not here. It's the only thing that's missing. Continuity. Percival took it out, right? Percival got it and used it as an object of power yeah. over him. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, so they're like, okay, well, like, what's the future like? And uh, <laughs> Jughead decides to explain, well... Um, Jughead catches us all up on the last, the, the big bullet points of the last six seasons. We, well, he starts off trying to explain like the world though, not them. Right. So like, okay, right. we got like we got we don't have regular phones. We have smartphones now um, that we carry around with us everywhere. But we like don't talk to people. We text people and like we listen to Spotify product placement. But so they're like, wait, wait, wait. Okay, maybe maybe talk about us. Like what? What what are we like? We love cover girl makeup. We uh <laughs> So he explains, well, okay, so Archie over here. Archie joined the army and was in a war, and Betty worked for the FBI and investigated serial killers, which none of you know what that is yet cuz that term hasn't been invented. J- Jughead was a big fan of Mind Hunter. He's real I was? upset. Why the fuck was it canceled? It's it was re- great. Real upset there's no third season of Mind Hunter. <laughs> Uh, and then, like, Veronica over here opened a casino and, and a speakeasy, but, like, Tony turned that into a biker bar. And then, uh, Kevin... Long um, pause. Kevin <laughs> directed some musicals. Back and, in high school. And, that and nothing else. uh, you were in a cult that harvested organs. <laughs> Um, and, uh, uh, Cheryl, you, you were possessed by your ancestors and are a witch. And, uh, Archie, <laughs> Archie takes a moment to say, hey, bro, my, my bestie, other anachronistic terms, why would we want to go back? We sound miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, okay, so, like, here's the deal, though, like, that we have to go back. And, like, short of waiting for Bailey's Comet... Like, the only other idea I got is that we get Archie and Betty to make out on top of Archie's bed, and we blow up a bomb. So he's, of course, thinking of recreating the explosion that opened the rift to River Vale in the first place and caused all this thing. Like, these conditions ensure a soft spot in uh, uh, the metaverse. Sure. But everyone else is like... Oh, you want to break up the happy couple here, uh, uh, Kevin and his lovely female girlfriend? Uh, uh, you want to ruin that and also assassinate the two of us? <laughs> I love, I love like the whole scene. Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. love it so much. And so Archie's like, "Hey, buddy, let's go for a walk." And Drughead's like, "Wait, you're not gonna beat me up, right? Because like in the future, you're very violent." <laughs> And there's a really good, effective cut, how they are now instantly in the gym. It's just the two of them one-on-one, and uh, I, I I love that edit. But the, the scene is now Archie like, hey, you gotta shut up, or everyone's gonna think you're insane. And Jughead's like, do you think I'm insane? And Archie says, hey, buddy, you gotta shut up. <laughs> you need to just write your comics and stop talking. I love that you're so creative. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shut up. Attaboy. <laughs> Give him a little pat on the shoulder. So, so, so Betty and Tony uh, are talking about how uh, they they can't get the story out. It's not going to be 
on her parents' report. It's mm-hmm. not going to be in the paper. Like, and Tony is like, yeah, that's how it goes. That's that's how it was for Mrs. Till. Nobody paid attention until they they published until they published the funeral photos. And Betty is like, huh? Grizzly photos of a dead body? You say, huh? My Cooper sense is tingling. Do you have these? Do you have it? Uh, meanwhile, over at the Blossoms household, uh, Penelope walks in on her sulking children and says, Why in God's name? She's dressed for the Met Gala. What is this dress? What is this dress she's wearing? Uh, she's ready to, like, go out for the evening is what she is. Go where? We're in Riverdale. Pops. (laughs) Uh, so she's like, Why in God's name are you two sulking? It's not like you're poor. (laughs) And Julian's upset because Archie drove Veronica home and not him. And Cheryl's upset because everyone's paying attention to Veronica and not her. And uh, Penelope's like, who cares? I don't. My children disappoint me. And she throws down the mail, including a copy of Flashbulb magazine that has the hot exclusive scoop on who is going to be the the teen starlet star of our town. Fucking our town. (laughs) My God. That play. So uh, over at Pops, uh, Veronica and Archie are enjoying some onion rings. Mm -hmm. They're very good onion rings. Uh, They are uh, almost better than the ones at the Brown Derby. And Archie has Veronica explain what the Brown Derby is, as if he couldn't figure out it's a restaurant. If it's a place with onion rings, it's a restaurant. It's it's a restaurant, Archie. It's a restaurant. Uh, And so she's quickly, you know, explaining this and like who opened it and da da da. And he's like, I don't know what any of that is. And she's like, okay, why why don't you just tell me about yourself? What do you like to do? What do you do, caveman boy? And so he's like, well, you know, I, I work on my car. I like sports. Uh, I come here. I hang out at Sweetwater River. Naked? Skinny dipping? No, he's fishing. He's fishing. It's dangerous to skinny dip during fishing season. You must... <laughs> in, the, in this scene, we, we find out that uh, Fred is passed. He was killed in action in Korea. Yes. This is also where we learn that Mary Andrews supports the two of them as a dressmaker. He just said she works at a dress shop. Yeah, at a dress shop, yes. Yeah, this this is back when, like, individual shops existed. Yeah. Uh, and you could work part-time and support yourself and your child. <laughs> well, I, I have to imagine that Uncle Artie still built this house with his own two hands. Like, there's, there's no mortgage well, hovering yeah. over them, yeah. So, uh, then she's like, well, what about girls? And uh, he he shares that he's never had a serious girlfriend before. And then he says those two magic words, until now. (laughs) Maybe I haven't met the right girl before, until now. It would be Mm -hmm. so much better Mm -hmm. if he didn't say the first half of that sentence. The first part, yeah. He just declares they're going steady right there. You like onion rings, I like onion rings, let's go. Wear uh, my letterman jacket. But they are interrupted because Cheryl storms in. She storms in and shouts, Jacques <laughs> And then yells, Veronica Lodge is a liar and fraud. Uh, she's not starring in our town. Natalie Wood is. And she throws down the magazine. This is the third cast member of Rebel Without a Cause we've name dropped in this episode. <laughs> so then she yells, why are you here? Did your parents banish you? 
And so while Veronica is mortified in this moment of shock, we cut to commercial as Cheryl calls her, quote, a lying liar of a spoiled daughter. My, how vicious you are, Cheryl. On the other side of the commercial break, Archie uh, uh, is comforting Veronica in her penthouse abode and says, quote, it's okay. That's sort of what Cheryl's like. No one takes her seriously. (laughs) But Veronica's like, no, she's right. My parents did banish me. Oh no, poor me, the super popular rich teenager living with no supervision in a luxury penthouse. Oh dear, oh my oh my. Because there's no aunt or uncle, she is just there. There's not even a Smithers that that we see yet anyway. I'm always hoping for Smithers. Um, Her parents have banished her because she's a problem and she's been a problem and she always pushed the rules. But then what broke the camel's back is that she was around when the James Dean accident happened. She was part of the good time girls that were going to go cheer him on. So to keep her out of the papers, they kept her out of California entirely and shipped her off to this little pocket of, of real estate that they own in small town USA. Uh, So Archie goes home, uh, tries to sneak in, but Mary's like, what the fuck, boy? You took your car. Mm -hmm. She came home. She went to the garage, saw a missing car, saw a missing son, and waited up all night for him to come home so she could ground him because Mary Andrews has a very negative reaction to pictures of mangled corpses. And she cannot lose him like she lost his father. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but they have a bit of a negotiation about the car and about how he'll have Betty unsoup it. They, they do meet in the middle at an inbuilt mechanical maximum of 20 miles per hour. Goodness. They haven't invented the seatbelt. It's still bad to hit something at 20 miles an hour. Like, okay, you've got to get places. This is America. Like, Eisenhower's laying the, 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 the interstate highways. Transit is dying and no one really knows it yet. But still. Uh, so meanwhile, uh, Veronica's watching uh, Omiha. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it is definitely the I Love it's, Lucy it's opening. It's just the I Love Lucy with big heart and the names are, are written in, in, in script the, across uh-huh. it. And so there's credits for Hiram Lodge as and Hermione Lodge as and 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 featuring Tilly Temple as Lil Ronnie. And uh, Veronica rolls her eyes and is like, oh, blah, 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 blah. I don't think Tilly Temple is a direct reference to anything, but in case it's meant to be a Shirley Temple reference, that would make her 27 years old playing a high schooler, which is a very funny thing to do on this show this year where all of our 27 to 30 year olds are back in high school. Did they show it like it's supposed to be a high schooler? If your character's name is Lil Ronnie... I imagine she might be playing a middle schooler. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I'm like, I am thinking of, uh, like, think about in I Love Lucy. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Lil Ricky was, like, four. Right. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, 27-year-old playing a (laughs) four-year-old. Now that, I gotta see. Um, But she is interrupted by a phone call from her mom. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hermione calls. Uh, and she's apparently got spies because she's like, what did I hear about a boy in a, the apartment? I guess there is a Smithers. Uh, and she's like, he's just a friend. And she gets scolded about like staying in line 
Um, well, Veronica's trying to ask, like, well, did, did you think about Thanksgiving? Like, can we see each other? And she will not deal with it. Yep. No commitment. Not, just we'll not even paying attention to, to the question. In, in the next scene, the next scene starts with audio of Betty and Tony talking about their quest to get, like, uh, the, the community talking about the Emmett Till verdict. But the uh, uh, imagery is just a silent scene of Betty getting the, the printed copy of the newsletter circulated by Emmett Till's mother, opening it up, seeing the funeral pictures of the gruesome open casket and her reaction to it. And like, there's, as always, there's good stuff. There's like effective directorial moves in this show yeah. every week. There's one very silly one coming up shortly. Uh, so Betty goes back uh, to Tony and is, you know, tells her like, yeah. I'm gonna." The, the video catches up to the audio yeah. at, at this point. That I, you know, she's decided um, that she's gonna publish the article. Damn, whatever the consequences are. Yeah, yeah. But Tony's like, "Wait, I got a different idea. We're going to make Cheryl read a poem." Because Cheryl does the morning announcements. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I was really worried through all this that it was going to be like a poem they wrote. It's, we find out later it's not. No. Thank but, God. But what if? Uh, so <laughs> it is now between periods. Uh, Jughead is at his locker uh, doing locker things. And Tabitha walks up. And Jughead again sees uh, the, the love of his life approaching, not yeah. recognizing him. At least not in the way he recognizes her. Uh, and she's like, hey, you said uh, I, I, I could ask you for a favor. I'm biting that hook. I'm going to be touring the country with my parents and Emmett Till's mother. <laughs> I need somebody to help me be a long distance student. <laughs> I've already got approval for this. But like, can you like fill me in on what happens in class? <laughs> I need you to, to take, like, three months of notes for me. And he's like, yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay, Wait, cool. I mean, swell. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, She trusts him. That's a good sign. That's it's, it's hard to date someone when they're on a bus tour across America. Yeah. But it's something. Uh, so Tony and Betty uh, corner Cheryl in the bathroom. No, nothing intimidating there. Totally normal. Is uh, that normal? I don't know. It's a good time to catch someone for a minute, I guess. They're away from prying eyes, I suppose. Yeah. Except for the television camera. But, you know, you do what you gotta do. So they're like, hey, your family controls the station. The principal controls the paper. You can fix this. We want you to do something over your morning announcements. And she's like, mm -mm -mm. as junior class president, I cannot read an article that was not approved by the principal. But it's, like, not. It's, it's not. A, it's not an article. It's this a is a poem that was not shut down by anybody. I was trying to think of why Cheryl goes along with this, because Cheryl loves to be contrary. Cheryl has not shown any interest in any sort of uh, like uh, uh, civil rights agitation this is her first chance to but what i come up on later when the fallout happens is that i was right that cheryl wants to be contrary and that's what they're pulling on she would rather be contrary to power than to her classmates yeah yes i mean this is a way to make her a bigger deal than veronica lodge yes that's also it, it is a Pe big spotlight will, grabbing move people will be talking about this mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so 
she'll be back at the main thing to talk about instead of Veronica. Uh, so they they put their plan into action the next day. Their plan is bizarre. <laughs> their plan is for Tabitha to fake fainting out in the football field. So because because policy at Riverdale High is apparently. The the principal must personally see to any fainting spells on school grounds. So he's out there with Tabitha, <laughs> where Miss Bell is searching for the smelling salts to run out there. Miss mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bell, the the rarely seen uh, school secretary. Yes. Uh, uh, not seen in quite some time. Uh, so so she rushes out and is like, uh, okay, Cheryl, please. Uh, uh, soldier on and do the announcements without our watchful eye ready to pull the plug if you do anything unsanctioned. We trust you. And Cheryl says, nice. Toodles. <laughs> uh, so she starts her speech. Uh, Good morning, Riverdalians. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and she turns over the mic to to Tabitha, who starts explaining the events that had happened Um, and how the article was banned, and how they are going to read a poem from Langston, that Langston Hughes wrote about the events. Mississippi, 1955. Thank God it's that, and not something they wrote for this show. Obviously, real poet, real poem, written in response to the very events there, uh, uh, like, this this is all actual history happening. Uh, Other than the existence of Riverdale High... And, like, trying to get this message out to these people. Everything in this plotline, real history. Mm-hmm. Yes. This show is suggesting that Riverdale and all the shit that happens is is real. It's, it's, in our, it's in our world. It's in the world of Riverdale, which is the world that I choose to believe exists. <laughs> don't you remember Bailey's Comet? Of course. Don't you sh- don't you remember going and seeing the, the big tree at Lacey's every uh, uh-huh. uh, Christmas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta go up to the furniture floor and look down at it. So so as she's reading the poem, we, we get uh, the camera panning across different classrooms and places in the school. While Tony's ghostly face haunts the left side of the screen, superimposed. This is the very silly choice I was talking about earlier. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, the girls are in front of Featherhead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and he's all like, oh, you tricked me. And Tabitha's like, but I did feel sick. And then I felt better. You have no proof I did it. So, uh, uh, Cheryl steps forward to be defiant and try to draw most of the blowback. Because she loves this shit. She's motherfucking Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> Uh, he's all like, you know, all poems from now on, you know, or all poems must be approved. What were you doing? And Cheryl's like, I've never heard that before, but like, fine. Like, sure, going forward, that's great. Cross my heart and hope to die. And she does a sly little smile. Ooh, you tricksy, tricksy blossom, you. Uh, so back in their classroom, their teacher uh, is like, you know, based on the events that have been happening, maybe we should all have a discussion about this. How did the poem make you feel? Yeah, this poem is now the topic of the day in English class. And you can tell that it was like a last minute change because like Robert Frost stuff is written on the board behind her. Like they're in the middle of a contemporary poetry cycle. Yeah. But now we're replacing the white poet with the black poet. And so they, they go around and say some feelings and For stuff. For the afternoon, at least. Yeah. They're going to get back to Robert Frost. Like, he's kind of a big deal. But <laughs> So they, they go around and say, like, how it made them feel. 
And then she's like, and this is how I learned his name, because she's like, right. oh, Miss Topaz, Miss um, Tate, Mr. Walker, you were all down there for the trial. Would any mm-hmm. of you like to speak to it? Oh, this is Clay Walker. This makes sense. Okay. Page to screen, baby. All right. <laughs> <laughs> In the Life with Archie series, this is the, like, married life storyline, right? Where, uh-huh. where they're all young adults. Clay Walker is the physical therapist that marries Kevin. <gasps> mm. oh. And so now they... Oh, this makes so much mm. sense then, too, for the trailer we see. Mm. Yes. There we go. There we go. So I, was, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, there's got it. He's got to be like a character or something for the way that they're like very like focused on him. Like he's not just going to be a passive character in this episode. So, so yes, uh, Clay Walker, never a high school Archie character uh, until now in his Riverdale debut, but, but he is a pre-existing Archie character. So I'm going to say it's pretty guaranteed that Kevin and Betty are breaking up. I mean, I wish him the best, these crazy kids, but you know how high school relationships are, especially when one of you is closeted and gay. And there's a very cute other <laughs> gay boy yeah. close by. A very cute, very probably gay boy very close by, yes. I mean, why, why would you name your new character Clay Walker if that's not where you're going, right? Right? Come on. They're going to make googly eyes they're, at each they're other. They're going to do some Googles. Yeah. Some Googles. They're going to do the Googles. They'll invent it in like 80 years, whatever. <laughs> Sounds like, like, oh, we're going to do the mashed potato. We're going to do the Googles. Yeah, yeah. They're going to invent the cha-cha slide. So at the end of the day, Veronica's leaving, and Archie and Julian are waiting there for her with their cars in a car show-off of mine's better than yours. Before we uh, resolve this scene, though, I want to point out two very important things in the English class scene. Okay. First, to return to the point I interrupted when I was figuring out who Mr. Walker was, mm-hmm. the, the teacher calls on the three of them uh, uh, to talk about being in the courthouse directly. Yeah. It, it moves from poem to the historical event. Yeah, that's what I said. That they yeah. were, She was like giving them the floor. The other thing I want to talk about in the English class scene is that Midge is here. <laughs> Ethel's here too. Midge is here and alive. Ethel's here. We we saw uh, um, Dilton is alive and well in in 1955 Riverdale again. It I is. I didn't notice Dilton. Dil- Dilton sits behind Betty in class. I noticed someone that I thought kind of looked like Dilton, but I was like, I don't I don't know if that's supposed to be Dilton. I want it to be Dilton. I mean, he he was in uh, Heaven at the end of season six, so like they have a relationship with that actor. Yeah. To put him in goofy 50s clothes. Yeah, so Veronica's leaving and Archie and Julian are waiting and they're like, who are you going to ride with? And she's like, I see two paths before me and today I'm walking home. So she already knows about the Robert Frost lesson. We, we can skip that. We don't have yeah. to. I guess maybe they then talked about Robert Frost. I guess. Well, I how know. much is there to say about Emmett Till and everyone's eyes being opened by the poetry of Langston Hughes? She gave it like 10 minutes and was like, okay, we got to get back to it. Yeah, the <laughs> standardized testing also went back in time to 1955. They got to stay on unit. <laughs> Fuck standardized testing. 
so Jughead is at Pops. And he's now decided he might be totally insane. He's like, have I lost it? Have I lost my mind? Maybe the future was the dream and I've woken up now. And he's having this like mental breakdown in the booth while he's working on his comic book. But then he's interrupted by Tabitha. But it's not Tabitha from 1955. It's future Tabitha. It's Angel Tabitha. It's his soulmate Tabitha, the burger lady. Who remembers him and loves him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so she explains. The finale fucked up. They did not save the world. The comet impacted and humanity is extinct. And this is... <laughs> What a swing. And she's like, and this is not the sweet hereafter. I used all of my life force to send us back in time. This situation is Tabitha's plan B, the lifeboat of 1955. Yes. And she's like, so I'm working on it. I got a plan. I'm going to figure out how to like get us back. But I got to do it alone. Mm -hmm. And you got to do what you can do here. So the moral arc of like life and so the future. It's a sneaky Obama quote. They squeeze in there. Yes. Yes. So this plan is two pronged. One prong is Tabitha using time magic to untangle all of the the twists and branches to, to rebuild a future. Uh, uh, while Jughead and co. have to defeat the apathy of the white moderate. Yes. And advance the causes, uh, uh, the many causes of social justice in the past. So to make a stronger Riverdale from which to work with when uh, the comet comes back those 60 plus years in the future. But also, like, probably, like, don't do too much because, like, we might be wiped from existence type thing. But they don't, like, say that. But that's, like, I feel like the reminder you got to have out there with any type of, like, timey-wimey shit is, like, make it better, but not too much. How excited are we that the villain of season seven is racism? It's not, it's not like an evil warlock. Pers- he he not... was rather racist. I mean, yeah. But now the villain is racism itself. We've gone a step beyond. Yes. And so she's like, here's the thing, Jughead, though. You're making too many ripples because you remember. Mm-hmm. I need you to stop remembering. You're, you're causing problems. And it's very sad because he's going to have to forget her and he doesn't want to forget her. And so he does. They come in for a big glowy kiss. Everything is flooded in golden light and it's just this extreme close-up of their locked lips. And it's so romantic and and it wipes his brain off. (laughs) His brain is totally off. And he's like, I... Don't want to forget things. So he tries to like run home to his typewriter to type it all out before he forgets. But just as like he's doing that, it's all gone. And he only gets out three words, Mm -hmm. which are bend towards justice. That's it. And he doesn't remember anything else. But then he looks down and suddenly there's the appearance of something he's never seen, which is the beanie. His knit beanie is Mm -hmm. on the table. Mm -hmm. I do want to correct myself that uh, the arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Might be famous in contemporary times because it's something uh, Barack Obama liked to say. But he always did introduce it as a quote from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. There you go. 
I'm not sure which one Tabitha was talking about. It could go either way, actually. Either one. Either yeah. one, actually. Yeah, they would both fit. Uh, but that's the episode. The beanie's back. Drughead doesn't remember anything. And uh, Tabitha's off to save the world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Both Tabithas are off to save the world in yes. their own way. Yes. Uh, I guess Tabitha's going to be Mrs. Till's bodyguard. And Tabitha's going to try to do time angel magic. Both valid. Both valid. Very important. Um, I support all of the burger women of America. So, darling, what did you think of chapter 118, Don't Worry, Darling? It's good to be back. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I've missed this. It's been a really long fucking time. What did you think? I think this is such an interesting inversion of expectations that also totally meets expectations. Yeah. And what I mean is, what I mean is, what Riverdale is, is delivering the most wild plots inside a, a seemingly normal container, right? It's just teens hanging out or, or young adults who used to be friends when they were teens hanging out. Mm-hmm. And then that spills into, like, a family of inbred serial killers who wear <laughs> Mothman costumes. <laughs> To abduct people on the highway. Mm -hmm. What we have instead is this ludicrous plot of time-traveling angel magic to protect the world from a comet strike extinction. That is the the wrapper which delivers, you know what, 1955 seemed idyllic and, uh, uh, and also inert. But actually, there's a lot of interesting art happening and social problems that we should fix. That's so <laughs> mundane, delivered inside insanity. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> brilliant. Absolutely brilliant move. My, my question, I guess, how much does historical events like that, how they did in this episode how much mm-hmm. does that continue through the season how, how much are we ripping from the headlines yes the headlines of the past um like because it was you know incredibly heavy with multiple yeah. things this time so does that continue is this kind of like you know how they had like some one-offs of like tabitha's traveled in the past and there was history mm-hmm. um or is this going to be a continuation throughout the whole season i mean we're now two for two in grounding this in specific 1955 uh, uh, historical events, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The the James Dean crash and the Emmett Till verdict. Yeah. Is reading the Wikipedia page for 1955 Riverdale spoilers? Like, what? what? <laughs> That's a good question. But I, I also appreciate that, like, we are looking at the, the 1950s with the expectation of Leave it to Beaver, but actually engaging with the other stuff that was real. Yeah. But not on television. Yes. Or, yeah. or not on, like, popular, uh, uh, you know, selling dish soap television, right? Yeah. Langston Hughes probably had some TV interviews, but uh, we don't remember that. Lolita came out in 1954. There was, uh, there was always daring and exciting and transgressive art happening. Yeah. But it wasn't on uh, uh, the Lucille Ball show. No. It, it wasn't on Oh Miha, you know? Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the stuff that was being presented in the mainstream, like, into your living room mm-hmm. things. And I think that's even harder to remember 
than the fact that, like, uh, civil rights didn't start in the early 60s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. On many axes, I am positive on this episode. I'm really looking forward to what this means, where it goes. I'm interested in also how, like, the next episode is with the fact that now Jughead doesn't remember anything and mm-hmm, how that, like... Mm-hmm. Um, Changes a bit, like, the dynamics of the characters and what we see. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because now everyone is in this this world. Are we going to get Bughead again? Oh. Because now he doesn't remember Tabitha. Tabitha's gone. Oh. Kevin's definitely leaving Betty for Clay. Mm-hmm. Does this mean we get a chance at Bughead again? I that's that is an interesting call. That is fun. Like I was I was going to say it's a way to do it without it. It's not a it's, regression. It's, it's, it's not a, a regression. And it's not it's like just hurting what these people do in high school. They smooch. Yes. And like it's because I never wanted it. To, like I loved Bughead, but I'm like, I never want that to happen again because I love Tabitha and Jughead together. I never want that to be like mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. negative. But this is a way that they can give it back. For a moment. But also, is it what they do in a high school with a Tabitha? We don't know. We've never seen that experiment run. Yeah. And she's coming back from that bus tour sometime. Yeah. Huh? But uh, what, what, what I was meaning to say is that I think it is very, like, it is, it is practically useful for a, uh, a character to have knowledge of the past to do the expositing about what this is and how we get there that Jughead had to do. All night tonight. Yeah. But it's so much more fun for him to be part of the whole thing, to also lose his memories along with everyone else, to to, to be in it now. Yeah. You know, hey, one last big smooch for the road is, is a fun way to show that happening. But now, also, not only are we going in with, like, knowledge of what 1955 was knowledge of what 1955 is mythologized as mm-hmm. we're going in with like like your point knowledge of what these characters are that they don't know yeah that we see things th- there's this incredible dramatic irony of we saw you do junior year before i know what happens yeah you get threatened <laughs> you almost get murdered by your dad betty that's what happens in junior year but <laughs> We have more of an idea of, like, uh, uh, Kevin's sexuality than he may know at this point. Is he closeted or is he just waking up to the idea that these, like, feelings he had are a thing you can have in this world? And there's a name for it. And there's a name for it. And, like, other people feel that way. Where is Kevin on, where where is 1955 Kevin on that path? Yeah. Yeah. We we know where he's going because we know Kevin. Yeah, I do. The love... woods, yes, that's where he's going. The woods. No, I'm just thinking about Jughead trying to address Kevin. Uh, you directed musicals in high school and <laughs> sold your organ in a cult because we didn't let you do shit. I mean, it's either that or you uh, had a horrible breakup with a guy that I don't think you know right now. Uh, that's not something to say in the middle of this situation. <laughs> Is this when it finally happens? Darling. What? Sounds to me like you want to make a prediction. I don't I don't want to predict it because I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> I've got a prediction. Yeah. Jughead unravels 
very intentional word choice there, the technology of a, a mass-produced knitwear <laughs> yeah. and becomes a, a wealthy uh, textile magnate. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he did have a very exquisitely knit uh, sweater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and now this beanie's appeared. No, like he's he's gonna get into fast fashion. He's gonna create fast fashion. Is he gonna go into business with Mary? Mm. In her little dress shop. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look, if if your paradoxical artifact from the future is just a hat, there aren't too many <laughs> places to take that. We are missing Reggie. We're missing a fair number of people, including we- Reggie. What, a, what yes, about just... his super ventriloquism powers? <laughs> We've been missing Reggie for a while. We are missing several characters. Fangs, Reggie, Sweet Pea, who we haven't seen in a really long time. Uh, are the Pussycats also touring uh, in 1955 to find the, the voodoo murderer of Josie's father? Betty's siblings? Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot of questions there's, about... There's two missing Coopers will, out there. Will we see these characters? Mm-hmm. We, where's Jughead's family in all this? He obviously doesn't live with them because he lives in an abandoned train car. The Sisters of Quiet Mercy do get mentioned. They do. What if Polly is there, like, secretly teen pregnant with Julian's babies? Because, oh, yeah, because Jughead mentions it to Tabitha about how, like... Archie's gonna like send him away to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy because he's crazy. Mm-hmm. What if that's where she is? We're we're just going back in these cycles. Yeah. yeah. Secreting away your your teen pregnant daughter. Very nineteen fifty five. Very nineteen fifty five. Yes, absolutely. More nineteen fifty five than it is uh, uh, two thousand eight. I'll say. Yes. <laughs> this is very true. That's how long the show's been on, right? Fifteen years. Fifteen years. <laughs> It's been 15 years. This show was on when we were in college, right? Absolutely. That's how it feels, right? How's it only been as long as it's been? It feels like so much longer. Uh, Anyhow, is it time to talk uh, about next week? Yeah, I guess so. I feel like we've kind of done some predictions, like, of just talking about what could happen this season. So, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Next week's episode is called Skip, Hop, and Thump. Which, as far as I can tell, is not a movie. Or, I don't even think it's a song. It might be a song that Are I couldn't find. getting ready for, like, Easter? Yes, yes. It is It is the big Easter episode. Oh, uh, well, that's what a bunny does. It's what a bunny does. <laughs> and uh, in that trailer. Bring us, to, bring us to the trailer, please. It's time for a school dance. And we're, the band... The band is led by Fangs. Fangs is the lead singer. Fangs Fogarty is an old-fashioned 50s-style rocker playing at the sock hop. And Betty starts to notice that her her big boyfriend, Kevin, is scoping out other dudes. That's the whole trailer. Like, it it looks fun, but there's not a lot of event in the trailer. I mean, Cheryl declares war on someone. When doesn't Cheryl (laughs) declare war on someone? Jughead breathes. Yeah, we know. I just didn't want it to get missed, okay? <laughs> but that's about it. That's and about it. I'm excited. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So am I. And I am very excited to be bringing Sex Archie into the world yet again, week by week, one more season. Cheers, heard, in the back, in the front, 
People in the balcony are standing up and whooping Arsenio style. We know you love it. You love Sex Archie. And I love Sex Archie. I'm glad you're <laughs> back. I've missed it. It's been a long time. It's been a long time it's... since we did this. I'm glad to have it back in our lives. It's been a long time since July 31st, 2022. Yes. Yes, yes, it, yes has. it has. This season is scheduled to run through late August, which, if they skip zero weeks, is a 24-episode season. Oh, dang. I'm expecting maybe a 22-episode season with two weeks off. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm also kind of expecting that schedule to uh, uh, change, you know? Yeah. Things happen in this great big world of ours, but we'll see. Ugh. We'll see how it goes. If things stop happening, that'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, they're running up against baseball season, of all things. Come on. A lot of CW affiliates have baseball contracts. This is true. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, next week is, of course, next week. If you'd like to follow along some other projects... Uh, in this whole Sex Archie hiatus, Bizarre Podcast Dogs Must Die has been going strong and has now concluded all uh, a presently existing JoJo's Bizarre uh, uh, Adventure, the anime. Uh, we just finished talking about Part 6, Stone Ocean. Had a great time. Our, our most recent episode featuring... Uh, our most recent episode talking about the ending, because, boy, is there a lot to talk about in that ending, featured Wooly from Castle Super Beast, uh, Wooly Versus, etc. And that is a crossover with uh, uh, my other projects that people have been waiting for for years and years, and I was so, so glad to make it uh, happen for people. Uh, speaking of those projects, you can go on YouTube to uh, Chip Cheesem LPs and find a brand new Baby Let's Play just starting of Kingdom Hearts Final Mix. Yeah. We're talking about anime boys. We're talking about uh, uh, Final Fantasy fellas. And they are traveling through the worlds of several Disney movies. And uh, that, it's fun. It's fun. Darlin, I think you would really enjoy the, the Alice in Wonderland world. Yeah, you mentioned that. You should watch that video. I say a lot of things in it that I think you would enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maybe I will. I've never actually watched one of your things. That has been 15 <laughs> years. That has been 15 years. <laughs> Take that, Chip. <laughs> you guys were friends before I came into the picture. It's fine. Not, I mean... By a bit. When we're talking about this many years, not by that much longer, <laughs> you know? Every year, the percentages get more and more, you know? Uh, uh, I haven't done anything like that that you can go listen to. So, except for Gextra Life. That's true. Gextra that Life happened. happened. Uh, very happy. Always happy to see uh, Sex Archie stuff in the chat for Gextra Life yeah. every time. Yeah. That's, that's a treat. Yeah, it's good. That's, that's how I know y'all are Arsenio whooping in, in the balcony. Just like that. That's that's how that show sounded every time. But that's enough about the past. Let's talk about the present. Like where you can find us right now. You can follow us on Twitter right now. Do it while it still exists. Sex at, underscore Archie. Yes. Uh, where you can always find us is, of course, on Apple Podcasts and your podcatcher of choice. And they say, and they say, 
Uh, you're always more likely to remember something if you like do something with it, if you have some like sense memory. So why don't you leave a five-star rating, <laughs> write a little review, and you'll always remember that review. And that's how you find the web page again. That's how you yeah. find it in your podcast app. Another really actionable item, so you remember. Oh, is are to- you calling people to perform some sort of actionable item? Yeah. Okay. is tell your friends i'm I'm sure everyone is feeling called to that actionable item right now yeah yeah Yeah. uh but that is really all we need to say right now uh we're back in the saddle back in the the groove not a rut no it's a groove it's a groove like like a little spindle landing on the 33 and a third record that gets picked up by by the jukebox arm oh okay i was thinking of corduroy it's the first shot in the episode. I, I know, but like corduroy has grooves. Oh. Feels <laughs> nice. It makes a nice whoosh whoosh noise. And they're probably 45. Well, whatever the RPM, they're seven inches, obviously. Or so they say. <laughs> and with that. I'm Lena. I'm Grant, and from us here at Sex Archie. You're really violent in the future. I love you. I love you so much. Archie's parties are always the best. I wish we had never been in a trace. Everybody's gonna have a ball. Everyone I need, everyone I know. Archie. 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 You insisted that you start this. No, I insisted that you start you this You insisted that you start it. No, I didn't. Yes, you because did. Because that's wrong. She said, though. No, it's not. It, I said the opposite. No. This is the one that you start. I know that. Yes, and that's why I said that before and why I'm waiting you for you said. to start. It's not no. what you said. This was like three days ago. Yeah, I remember it. And I, I remember it better. <laughs> no, I remember it because I was like, who starts? You're like, I start. No, yeah. I say that you no, start. No, you said yeah. it. You said it as in I, as in Grant, starts. And I was like, uh-huh. You st- we both agree that you start. You're trying to say that we disagreed on it a few days we ago. Did. And I think that's incorrect. We did. You at this moment, Did you see I hung your art into a better frame? Thank you very much. But uh, today, we can agree that we agree and are correct. Yes? Yes. Okay, would you like to start? <laughs> are you done with your little bit? <laughs> <laughs> 22 more of these. 22 more. Have you missed it? 